The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the forefront they have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth that they had faith in you. And you Welcome into the Plaza Podcast. It's time to talk prospects. It's a prospect party. Prospect Palooza. Pioneering with Phil. Phil the Pioneer. Uh, I was thinking of a lot of peas last night to try to put together to promote this piece. Uh, I kept thinking about a party, promotion, Potapalooza, prospects, and I kept thinking Phil. It starts with a P. So prospects and Phil, you got alliteration that's naturally built in there. And I wonder if there's a word that I'm missing. Do you have a good one, a P word that we could uh, use? I thought At first I heard you saying I was... Taking a lot of peas, which in preparation, you're taking a lot, which is not bad either. You got to hydrate. You You do, you do. You have to hydrate. Uh, But uh, I don't. I mean, I don't want to offend you, but I don't think it's alliteration. If uh, my strange name has the P, but it starts with the F sound. Yeah, you're right. So it has to be like. like one of my college nicknames was Filthy Phil, so uh, it would have to be something along those. Fuel. When I was a little kid, I don't know where this nickname came from, but they used to call me Fuel Oil Phil. So Fuel Oil Phil is here live with us. The Plaza Podcast, 30 minutes or less, Prospect Chat, Prospect Sit Down, you know, and Sopranos Tribute. It's a Prospect Sit Down every Monday, kind of like that. I've been watching the Sopranos again, so I'm very deep in Sopranos mythology and terminology right now uh are you a fan of the show you watch it back yeah, i day? love that show i haven't uh rewatched it in some time but the preview for the uh movie looks amazing right have you seen it 
Oh, yeah, big time. I think that's probably why I'm rewatching the show right now in preparation for that. But people idea. want to hear about that. People are here right now, and they want to know about prospects. So all of you guys here on the live stream, if you have a question right now about a prospect, Phil will answer it. You don't have to wait for a question segment. This is 30 minutes or less. Prospect chat. Palazzo podcast style. Two L's, two Z's, of course. Utah, give me two. Palazzo podcast. Yeah, Give me more. Give me five. Any question you guys got right now, ask it in the live chat, and I will pop it up on the screen, and me and Phil will talk about it. Do you want to talk about your favorite prospect? Somebody deep in the weeds, too. Phil goes way deep. Phil is a prospect master. He's the king of prospect knowledge. He's the uh, feudal lord of the prospects who are making their way to the top on the land, paying tribute to the feudal lord himself, Phil Goyette, which is a... Awful reference in a way, but I don't know. There's some truth to it, maybe. Anyway, Phil, while we wait for the questions to roll in, um, locally for me, go Tigers! Very exciting. Uh, some AAA moves for me yeah. and Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green, two of my favorite Tiger prospects who are not pitchers, which is fun. So, what do you think this means? Are, are they closer to getting a cup of coffee in September, or is this more of a show like, hey, let's move to AAA and see what they can do? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know if it means anything for him this year but um it's probably a good jumping off point for them to see what they can do in spring training next year uh not that they'll necessarily make the team out of spring training they really have to force the issue to do that given the setup of the contract rules and the incentives the tigers have to keep them in triple a to start the year but um it's a very good sign for the development of both of these players i think riley green's really young triple a player man right yeah i think as far overall what is he is he just break 20 is he still 19 i think he maybe has just turned 21 or is just turning 21 but it, i mean just hitting triple a now is pretty amazing um and he's really proven himself at every stop he's hit so far i think uh oh he's 20 he's still 20 i i, I apologize september 28th is his birthday so yeah he won't be he won't be 21 until the end of september um, so he'll spend the duration this season at Triple A at twenty. Um, you don't think either one of these guys comes up? They're not on. Who's on the forty man roster matters too. If you're going to get the call up in September, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I just don't know why the Tigers would press uh, any service time with these guys until after the Super Two next season. I would think. Okay. I just from a not that it's the right thing to do necessarily but just from uh playing the contract game perspective it is the right thing to do for the organization if they can extend the time to control these players so um i don't know that you see him up much before june july next year uh but the flip side of that is it's it's still a really good developmental milestone that they're getting up to triple a already this year all right yeah neither one of them according to the baseball reference current 40-man roster are on the 40-man roster right now yeah, uh, as marty tallman mentions too what's spencer torkelman's floor and torkelman why am I saying Torkelman? Spencer Torkelson. <laughs> I got to be honest. Let's be honest about this. Spencer Torkelson sounds like such a nerd name. I'm like an 80s nerd from a TV right. show, like boners to bone from Growing Pains or something. Hey, Spencer <laughs> Torkelson. <laughs> I love nerds. And in part, we're all nerds because we like fantasy baseball. So don't take offense, America, uh, Canada, Ireland, anybody who's listening. But what's the floor and ceiling here for good old Spence? that's a great question i think you know floor he's an everyday mlb first baseman i don't think he's done anything to dissuade us from believing that um throughout his professional career or even his collegiate career 
So I think he's going to hit. I don't know. I just think he's going to hit major league pitching for everything I've seen from him. Uh, reminds me a lot of maybe Andrew Vaughn with more athleticism uh, and maybe even the potential to be a little better power hitter. Uh, and then ceiling wise, he's probably like a all-star first baseman, I think would be a ceiling. I don't think he's going to really do anything in any other defensive position. Um, but third base really, is out. I don't, I don't see it from what I've seen. I don't, I don't, if, if he, if he's able to do it, it would be early in the career a little bit. Um, maybe like the Miggy Cabrera type of thing. Although Miggy, I guess, hung out longer at third base than maybe he should have. Um, but even without that, it's not going to matter because I think the bat between his ability to get on base and hit for power is going to give him tons of potential. Tons of potential. Mm-hmm. I don't know if his ceiling is quite Vlad Guerrero Jr., but it might be close to that. That would be nice. All right. I would love to see Spencer Torkelson be, you know, some people said he was uh, one of the best hitting prospects to come out in years. So yeah. some his people freshman, believe that he will be freshman a freshman season in college was like one of the great freshman baseball seasons ever in college baseball. Okay. That's what I'm saying. So people think he could end up. <laughs> God damn it. It's so stupid now. I'm so pissed that Trump has shoved that into our lexicon. Some people are saying, and now I say it all the time. Damn it. <laughs> Lots um, of people. <laughs> many me. people yes yeah. many so some lots a few a big, a big strong uh man <laughs> came to me and he was crying about spencer <laughs> spencer torkelson and how much i helped him uh, he was big man. and strong but he was crying about me so. that's unbelievable and reason will prevail reason will, will prevail. prevail i'm not so sure of that but we try to do that here talking prospects live phil goyette follow phil on twitter at phil of sports remember that's ph you don't spell Phil with an F, at least not in the United States or anywhere I've heard of. Uh, okay, so Riley Green and Torkelson are different players, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's not really fair to compare them in a way, but yeah, people like to know the possible Green ends up being the better MLB player long term. I mean, no, anything's possible, but I want to know what you think. Yes, I would agree with you. Um, if it happens, it's probably because he's more valuable to the Tigers based on the position he can play defensively. He could, you know, potentially, he's probably going to be a corner outfielder, but he could potentially play center field uh, in the MLB, especially early on in his career. Super athlete, great left-handed hitter, uh, can cover all three outfield positions, I think. Uh, but if he settles into a corner, he should be a really good defensive corner outfielder. Uh, and kind of like Torque, he's going to get on base, he's going to hit for power. Uh, has a little more speed potential than Torkelson. So uh, you could make a case that his MLB ceiling, uh, as far as his, his real-life value, whether you want to use some formulation of war or any other way you want to think about it, um, that Green could be more valuable to the Tigers down the road. He's got more time to develop, too, because he's younger. I love me some Riley Green. He's Definitely been someone I liked. And this goes back two years ago when I was already really digging into him. And he was just breaking through. He'd just been drafted. And I was so excited about the potential he has. And he showed some big hits in early opportunities. He's not just kind of middling his way through the minors. He seems to have a knack for maybe hitting some big dingers, some big hits, just some clutch plays overall. He made that amazing catch I've referenced many times in the Redo spring training that happened in 2020 when they started ramping up at Copa in anticipation of the short 2020 season. He robbed CJ Crone of a home run. That was an awesome catch. This guy could do it all, and he likes to, he likes the moment, and I am excited for that future. 
I'm with you in all of it. I, yeah, with you in all of it. Those are and those are two great players to build around offensively, and they've got young pitchers too. So it's getting more promising for Detroit than it has been, uh, because the the rebuild did feel a little bumpy for a little bit there, didn't it? <laughs> well, Avila has gotten a huge break here with the way that some of the pitchers have grown. And I think A.J. Hinch is getting a lot of credit, but also, like I said, Chris Fetter, the pitching coach, Fet- gets it. Fetter made, yeah. Fetter made, baby! I need a Fetter made drop of some kind. I'm sure I'll find it. I'm sure some Tigers guy has said Fetter made somewhere along the way. But Chris Fetter deserves a ton of credit. So the coaching staff may have saved Avila's ass because they're still hanging around 500. They're four games under right now. They're playing Cleveland this weekend, and I'm like, oh, Cleveland's a way better team. But they basically have the same record. They're very tight Go Tigers. in terms of record. And the future now has jumped this season has jumped them forward to now where people are like, all right, well, time for the illiches to start spending cash or we're going to get pissed. But not, well, you don't have to spend a ton it. of cash, but you got to spend a decent amount of cash and start making the right moves to fill in veteran holes and take this to the next level, which also includes bringing in these youngsters, melting it all together, and then I eventually see a big trade that has to go down because that's what happens in these things. Eventually, someone's got to go and someone's got to come in. Yeah, the, I mean, the illiches are generally good about putting money toward the team to help the team win. I don't they know were. about this. Yeah, I don't know about the sun as much. The uh, sun. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. Chris son, Illich. Son of Mike. Son son of Mike. Mike. <laughs> I'm going to call him that from now on. I like that. I'm not going to call him by his name. I'm going to call him Son of Mike. You better get it together, Son of Mike. I like how... The Red Wings guys always called him Mr. Illich, you know? Right, Mr. Illich. Very... Well, those are Canadians. And, you know... Dating a Canadian, spending Canadian time over the weekend with my girlfriend the first time forever, 17 months since I saw her. The Canadians are very nice. I saw a guy ask yeah. for breakfast. He got the wrong order at the hotel. He comes back and he's like, uh, I, I had the wrong bag, but it's fine. You know, it's I just I just really don't like almond milk. Uh, if you could just give me two chocolate milks, that's fine. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about that. I apologize. And he wanted juice, too. He's like, it's fine, though. I don't need it. You know, but if you could, if you could maybe give me two juices, thank you so much. But you don't have to. That's <laughs> so funny. Those guys Canadian, are the best. Canadians are cool, man. My grandpa's Canadian. This is Canada behind me. So hey! Yeah. Hey, Canada. Uh, all right, back to prospects here live on the 30 Minutes or Less edition of the Prospect Chat, which we do every Monday about 5 p.m. Eastern time, live on YouTube. You can watch it, ask questions. While we're here till 5.30, ask the questions. Ask them now. Ask them now. Here's a question for you, Phil. This comes from the Uper IA. He wants to know. He's got two questions. How early in 2022 do we see Gabriel Moreno catching in Toronto, if at all? Man, that's a tough. I put me on the spot. Oh, um, bye. This is live on Twitter. Know, he didn't put like, it on YouTube. So is this cheating? I don't know. But it's a real question. With catchers, um, I'm always hesitant to think they're going to be up quickly because there's so much extra crap they have to do uh, that it makes it difficult to uh, handle the bat along with all the other important stuff they got to figure out. Like for Moreno, working with all these pitchers he hasn't worked with before and the MLB staff and figuring that part out and which pitchers the manager is going to be comfortable um, using him with and how long it's going to take him to get into that groove calling the game at the major league level, handling the running game, which is totally different there. Um, so in general, I think I'm hesitant to see uh, or bank on a catcher getting up quickly and Moreno's still young. 
Uh, I guess the flip side is, man, he's really hit this year and exploded. So um, I wouldn't bank on him making the team out of spring training, but who knows? Okay. Well, I don't even know who Gabe Moreno was. Look at me. I can't know everything. That's why I defer to Phil Goyette, the expert here, legend himself. He's got another one. uh, Great season this year. Mm. The second part of this question. And this one's about someone I do know a lot more about. Baltimore Orioles brought back Grayson Rodriguez. Over under 100 or more or less. MLB innings pitched in 2022 for Grayson Rodriguez. So you take the over under on 100 innings at the MLB level in 2022 for Orioles prospect Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, I'd say under because I don't think next year is going to be their year to push for anything. And so they also won't push his arm too much next year. I wouldn't think at the MLB level. Um, I think Baltimore is looking 2023 in the division of death really? over there in the AL East. But yeah, I don't, th- I don't see it next year. Them contending with New York, Tampa, and Boston. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, uh, for a divisional crown on a, on an everyday basis. So if they're not going to be in that position, that I don't think it makes sense to push the innings on on Gray Rod next year. Could he handle them? Probably. He's had a great track record of health as a minor league pitcher so um but why why mess with it you only got so many bullets in that gun use them when they count i think it'll be 22 in november he's at double a now so he's kind of getting on the brink of where it's time to debut and my so he's going to debut next year you agree with me there yeah i would think so he's um it's almost becoming consensus he's the top pitching prospect in baseball Bye-bye, Mackenzie Gore. By the way, I read something about Mackenzie Gore last week, and it's just like he's lost. I mean, we know he's lost. His numbers are showing that, but it's so bad that it's not even enjoyable. It's not exciting anymore. You feel bad for the guy. Yeah, absolutely. It sucks. I agree. Uh, So hopefully next year he's able to put it back together and he pitches like he did in 2019 when he looked like a dominant pitching prospect. So The uh, Y word is being thrown around there. Yippies. Ah! It's 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 pretty telling that um, last year when they were in contention they didn't call him up. Uh, this year they haven't called him up. They just signed Jake Arrieta because ah! Darvis uh, is on the instead, IL. Yes, instead of calling up uh, Mac Gore. So you know the other thing with Mackenzie Gore. I've said this before. I don't know if I've said it on the show before. I dated a girl uh, in high school and her name was Mackenzie. So then I always think that's like a girl's name, kind of, you know. Anyway. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Mackenzie could be anyone's name. What about Mackenzie? Well, Mackenzie Davis is an actress. She was in the ter- latest Terminator movie, and she's a great actress. But I don't know if I've ever got a guy named Mackenzie. That's a good point. I'm going to think about that for a while. But these days, you can call your kid anything you want Mackenzie, that's Frank, true. Jill, uh, Jane, Jonathan. Whatever floats your boat. Those are all actually pretty gender specific. You know, Kim. Kim is a guy or a girl. And yeah. so is Kelly. Kelly is. Yes. Kelly Gruber was an excellent third base person for a while. Yeah. Love Kelly Gruber. Big big contributor. A nice contributor on the Jays World Series teams there back in 91, 92. Not the best pretty, player. Uh, excellent mullet, if I recall. Isn't that? Oh. <laughs> Gruber have a nice mullet going? Yeah. Definitely. Some great mullets there. We're live here on. Mullet, he's Canadian? Of course he is. We're live on Mullet Talk here with Phil Goyette, and we'll talk about mullets for the next 15 minutes. Any mullet questions you guys have, make sure you drop them in the chat live. We will answer them. One guy who knows a lot about mullets, it's Phil Goyette. Uh, All right, so we covered that ground. 
I love Grayson Rodriguez, so I just want people to know that I'm a huge yeah, fan of him, and I'm very excited for his debut next year. If he goes under, if sorry, if he goes over 100 innings pitch next year, you're probably talking about him AL Rookie of the Year candidate. Wow, okay. there it is. You heard it here first at 519 Eastern Time, live on August 16th? Yeah, August 16th. My birthday's this Sunday. Yay, woohoo for me! Hey, happy birthday. Oh, I know. It's very exciting. Uh, Alec Thomas was called up to AAA. What do we think of this, Phil? Alec Thomas. Love it. Love to see it. Um, man, the kid's been a really good player throughout his pro career. Uh, developed leaps and bounds every year. He's super young, too. 21 at AAA now. Um, I put in the show notes. It's always a bit of a depression point for me. because A pain, a pain point. Poke the pain. Uh, because... His dad was a strength and conditioning coach for the White Sox, who I support. I'm a supporter of the South Side of Chicago Baseball Club. Um, and the team didn't pick him. They didn't hmm. draft the kid. He also went to Mount Carmel High School on the South Side of Chicago, the caravan. Um, so he was right in the backyard. His dad was a strength and conditioning coach for the organization. They didn't pick the kid. Diamondbacks grabbed him in the second round, and look at what he's become. So that's just always feels frustrating that, it's such a whiff, you know. Um, Alec Thomas, another, uh, had a good Twitter discussion today uh, and something Michael Richards from uh, Roto Fanatic had posted about Thomas's promotion. Uh, yeah, where a, a commenter had kind of said, Thomas feels more like a higher floor, lower ceiling type prospect, which I totally agree with. It was a great, well thought out uh, thread of points. And so the question is kind of, what, how do you how do you value that? How do you value the floor versus the ceiling with Thomas? You know, do you say uh, I would rather chase ceiling because the floor guys I can find replacements for is he more like a Nick Markakis type, uh, or does it mean that with his floor high where it is right now, he just needs one thing to click to take him to the next level to have a high ceiling? And I don't know the answer, but it's just kind of an interesting thing to think about. Hmm, that is a great point. Uh, Michael Riches, by the way, our Roto Fanatic pal, and he's very, very knowledgeable when it comes to prospects as well. So if him and Phil are talking about something, that's some important information you all want to be keeping tabs on, no doubt about it. Yeah. What about the Arizona Fall League? I just want to kind of throw this out there. How, how does that come about? Who gets selected and who goes there? Do you know how that process works for those of us that are more clueless on that? We all love it, but we don't really talk about the, hey, how did I end up here? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think there's generally, you're thinking maybe three kinds of players. So you have um, guys that organization wants to showcase because they are kind of top and promising prospects. So they'll send those type of guys there. Uh, they will send guys to Arizona who maybe miss some significant time during the season with injury. So like the the White Sox sent Mike Adolfo one the year that he had Tommy John because he hadn't played much baseball. And so they wanted to send him to Arizona to get more reps in. So -hmm. you'll have that type of situation where they'll send players like that to go or a player working on a different uh, defensive position. Like I believe the Twins uh, use the AFL to have Royce Lewis try some time in center field and second base maybe. So that's another type of player. Um, And then the third type is they'll use it to get looks at guys who are uh, in a 40-man or Rule 5 roster crunch type situation. And the team has to make a decision on uh, whether to protect the player in the upcoming Rule 5 draft. Uh, And that can also sort of turn into a showcase to work a potential trade for that player. 
Um, so those guys tend to be older further along um, in their uh, professional careers. And sometimes they pop too um, with an a good showing the AFL. So it's always good to keep tabs on, especially for fantasy, because they're usually almost all the rosters are filled out with players that can be fantasy relevant. Mm. I know we all love to talk about the AFL and it only has six teams. It's fun. You know, so, yeah. but those teams are comprised of all the types of players that Phil's breaking down there. And if you're into that, then you need to get more familiar with the details of how it works, which is something I think we all should know because it is an important showcase. And it's becoming more yeah. and more relevant every year. Players make a name for themselves going into the following season. Sometimes a player breaks out who we've not even heard of. So we start to focus on that player a lot more. And it means a lot. And with COVID and everything, it kind of canceled last year. We're back. It's back on the schedule this year for 2021. And there's a whole thing with the first pitch that is run by Baseball HQ. Oh, a lot yeah. of people from the business head out there. And they meet up and they go to a game and they talk about all the stuff. Then there's all these forums and exhibitions, too, related to Baseball HQ and just fantasy baseball in general or overall baseball. So I'm really looking forward to going. I'm going this year. Oh, so it's gonna be a Yeah, it's my first uh, time going. And I'm... I'm hoping that I can do a live prospects chat with you from oh, the Arizona awesome. Fall League. So. Yeah, yeah, I wish I could get out there. Maybe uh, maybe next fall we'll figure it out. A little harder for Phil. Ireland is not as close as Michigan. So I have, I have family. I've got family in uh, Arizona, though. Peoria. Who uh, does Peoria, it? So. Everybody okay. does. <laughs> Especially if you're from Michigan, right? <laughs> yes. Anybody in the Midwest, a lot of people, it's Florida, Arizona. That's where everybody retires. That's just kind of the thing how it goes. Snowbirds. Yeah. All right, we got a couple more minutes left. Live on the Prospects Chat here with Phil, Goy, Ed. If you have a question, put it in the chat. I will direct it right to our attention instantly. You type it, we react to it. That's how it works now. It's never been easier. You don't even have to call us. You can just type it in like Phil's doing right now. It's incredible. We welcome your inclusion in the show. In fact, it's encouraged because the more you guys want to know about, the more we understand what prospect uh you know what's going on in the prospect minds what are people thinking about prospect wise we like to know because we could talk about any prospect uh what about a guy named yuri perez who's the who is yuri perez and why should we know about him so he's a marlins pitcher who uh six six eight 18 year old started the season in full season baseball so he's one of the youngest players in full season baseball uh, was just promoted to high A from low A. So he's 18 years old pitching at high A this season, which does make him the youngest player in high A. Um, and he's in the updated prospect list next next spring, uh, February time when they all drop. Perez will be flying up those, those lists next year. So he's a guy that you should know about. He actually popped on my outsiders list way early – way early in the season uh, based on just his statistical performance. Um, and then if you watch him pitch, there's a lot to like. And he also pitched in uh, the low A Southeast, what they're calling the low A Southeast League. It's the old Florida State League. Um, what, what's interesting about that league is the, I think all but one of the stadiums has uh, TrackMan installed because they're also used for spring training. Um, for the Florida spring training. And so that means there's track man reports on all the prospects that are playing in that league, including Yuri Perez. So you can see, for example, he's got a really high spin rate on his fastball and his curveball, on top of everything else he's doing. So very exciting prospect. That is a young prospect in the Marlins organization to keep tabs on. Dynasty people, lock into that for sure. 
Do you know who the youngest or what the youngest age was ever for a pitcher to debut? No. It's really dumb. It's kind of a while ago, too, but it's not like 1800s. It's still in the 1900s, but it's really a young age. Feller? <laughs> That's a good guess. That's a solid guess. Joe Nuxhall, the Cincinnati Reds, 15 years old. Oh. 1944. World War II was going on, so maybe okay. there was, you know, desperate times. That makes sense. Yeah. They just needed somebody. That's it's just mind blowing though. It's like wow, fifteen year old and Joe Nuxall is a hell of a pitcher. He was a great broadcaster for instance. Local Cincinnati people know Joe Nuxall's Marty Brenneman. That was a special combo. Uh, also, who was your favorite pitcher to debut at a young age that you were like, this guy's going to be the guy? Is there somebody you remember? I'm, I mean, yeah. Dwight Gooden is always somebody who stood out because he was yeah. young and he kind of dominated at an early age. But anybody personally that you? Uh, Doc was that's a good one. It's kind of sad because he was his best years were like his first three. Um, so they really were. Always, I've had the art. Well, Clemens was Clemens. No, he he went to college, right? So Clemens wasn't yep. that young. Longhorns. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. As a kid, who were the really young pitchers that came up? You got me stumped up. You got me stumped on this one. Stop! It's a tough one to put on the spot, Stump and there's Trump. actually not a lot of amazing young like fresh new starters who come on the scene and dominate they're usually frankly they're usually at least 20 or older they're never under 20 yeah the Dwight good yeah. that's why everyone references Dwight Gooden so. right yeah it's just is it harder to come up as a pitcher than a hitter or to let me say this is it harder to debut at a younger age as a pitcher than a hitter that's a good philosophical question too um I would think logically not necessarily uh, because the thought process has always been as pitchers age, uh, their velocity actually tends to go down. So you're usually at your physical peak pitching early as early on in your pitching career. And then as you work through your pitching career, you get better at the all the other stuff, um, sequencing, uh, messing with timing, whatever. Um, so if you've got some of that, I would, th- I would man, I would think – it might be easy for the young pitcher. You can also kind of jump the league too if your stuff looks different, like uh, Alec Manoa's slider, for example. Where wow, people haven't seen it before. He's um, been pretty amazing. Manoa yeah. has, I think he's a real deal right now. Yeah, I agree with you. Would you rather have Logan Gilbert, Gilbert or Alec Manoa? Ooh, man, that's tough. That's tough. Manoa, I don't know. I think I, so. Yeah, I think so. He's too. a little more think- dominant right now. I think his slider is better than any offering that Gilbert has, so I think it can probably carry him. Um, but who knows? Oh, it's tight. It's tight. That's why yeah, it's not that's fair. A good, it's not a fair a question. question. man. No, it's, it's a not great fair. One. That's a great one. Well, yeah, Logan's had some great outings. Yeah. Hitter, Bill Bradley know. says Manoa. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Bill. How you doing, Bill? Thanks, I think everyone Bill. agrees with you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. Well, our man threw a no hitter out the gate here on <laughs> on the on Saturday. Unbelievable! Yeah. Not that Logan Gilbert though, a different Gilbert, and I had never heard of him. Were you familiar with the other Gilbert who threw the no no on Saturday? No, and I got to be honest <laughs> with you, I kind of i I did see a Twitter headline about the no no, um, but I was we were in Killarney uh, here in Ireland. And going to Clarny is almost like going back in time. I, I barely even watched TV over the past week. We were on like horse horse and carriage rides and 
and taking mm. bucks and stuff. So I'm out of the loop. I did see the no hitter happen. I got Tyler Gilbert. Michael. I don't know who did it. I have no idea. Tyler Gilbert. Oh, Tyler Gilbert. Do you, yeah, do you know that name at all? I'd never heard of him. And he had pitched in relief, but this was his first start. So some people made the mistake saying that this was his MLB debut, which is not accurate, but he threw a no hitter in his first start. Badass, man. So, I love yeah. it. It's amazing. Bill Bradley, did you think that Ty Gilbert would throw a no hitter in his first start? No, Bill, because nobody did, Bill. It's impossible. It's crazy. It's just <laughs> a special moment in baseball, which also breaks the all time record, right? Most no hitters or ever. It technically tied 1884 or broke 1884, right? It, it's the all time record tied, which I don't count 1884. Like, yeah. what, was, what did the baseball consist of in 1884 that it would be on the same <laughs> level, right? That was Horse like poo. when they, you had to use the same baseball the whole game, uh, yep. right? So if somebody uh, shanked a foul ball into the pond, you had to go like swim into the pond and <laughs> throw it back to the pitcher, and you had to keep using the, it. That implies there's a pond in the field area, which is funny. And these are the 1800s. They were it was it's ridiculous. Times. Yeah, don't even give me that crap, man. Don't even give me that stuff. And I'm not even going to get into the whole racist stuff that leads all the way up until there's no blacks in baseball until 1947 yeah. as well. So. That's a, that's a, you know, that's something I didn't, real quickly, I know this is a prospect show, but as a kid, you, know, you kind of learn about Jackie Robinson at a certain point, but you don't really comprehend the fact that, because they, and when we grew up, Phil, 1980, I was born. So when I was really into baseball in the late eighties and onward for the rest of my life, at that time in the late eighties, early nineties, we're not that far removed from Jackie Robinson. There was still a lot of appreciation for the twenties, thirties and forties and even the Ty Cobb, Ty Cobb era of the teens. And, you know, those guys were good baseball players, but they were not subjected to the best of the best because African-Americans were not allowed to play at that time. And you don't really absorb that as a child. At least I didn't. But now I get it. And it's I take it with a lot more uh, authority now. I'm like, that's just, that's just not real baseball to me honestly and people don't like that because they love the history of the game and it's not fair to those players they say hey they didn't make the rules but yeah i'm sorry you know what's fair what's right is right in my opinion i'm always gonna stand by it yeah you certainly i agree with you you can't argue that uh statistical record that took place before integration and we're talking full integration too so that's another issue is when you're looking at this stuff you know it took jackie robinson but it took all these other guys too to break the barrier. And it's not like it happened all at once. It True. was like a guy per team for a decade. You know what I mean? So Larry um, Doby. Yep. There's other guys who broke through on the other side and the AL. And then the last guy was Boston. Right. Yeah. So, and that was years later after Jackie years later. Yeah. And think of like Hank Aaron, uh, who came up during that time, started in the Negro leagues, uh, went on to set the home run record in the major leagues. Uh, on top of that accomplishment, just think all the shit that guy dealt with throughout his entire career. And you're going to compare that to, you know, home run Baker of the Phillies. Records, <laughs> you know what I mean? When they were hitting, you know, his his 10 home runs this year into the odd shaped corner of the Baker Bowl. So it's just I agree with you. Totally different game. Well said, Phil. That'll do it then. That's uh, 30 minutes or less of prospect chat here. With a little bit of historical references. You know, we like to be well-balanced here. We love prospect talk. But we know the history of the game. We like to try to bring it all together. Because the next generation of prospects are going to carry forward the next legacy of baseball. We know that. So, Phil, 
Phil of Sports on Twitter, Phil of Sports, PH. Uh, anything else we should know, Phil? Anything you got going on in the hopper you want to share with us over the next week or so? Follow us on Roto Fanatic. Um, we're doing great work down the stretch to get you ready for fantasy playoffs. Uh, Roto Baller, I'm still doing my Outsiders piece each week for baseball. Um, I'm writing about some soccer stuff if you have any interest in that. Uh, <gasps> And I'm working with Roto Baller on developing a podcast just about dynasty base, uh, excuse me, dynasty sports league. So dynasty baseball, but not only baseball. We're talking uh, football, basketball, hockey. I do. We do soccer. We do golf. We do all kinds of crazy stuff. So uh, working on that. Stay tuned. Uh, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we'll have some episodes coming out. That sounds great. We'll be back here every Monday, giving you what you need: prospect chat, half hour or less. Me and Phil. It's what we do. And Bill wants to know, are you planning on doing these more regularly? Every Phil, Monday. why don't you tell him? Yeah, every Monday we're here, uh, 5 o'clock Eastern. Uh, if you want to send us questions ahead of time, I, Michael and I both love answering the questions. I think it's actually the most fun part of the whole uh, format. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, especially if you throw us crazy ones, stump us. So I love it. Yeah, the deeper the prospects, the better. I mean, bring it from any level, complex and, league, rookie ball, whatever. Yeah, and also I'd say there's not only questions, but give us like what you're thinking. Like, you know, I think this about this player. Um, I would watch for this or that. I want your feedback too. I don't know everything. Michael doesn't know everything. Uh, we want to hear what you guys are seeing too. So, yeah, you guys are the ones playing the game just as much as we are. So, challenge anything you hear that you disagree with. Bring it. We welcome dissent because dissent leads to a better understanding. It really does. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. Bill Bradley joining the show. That's a new name. I have not seen you, Bill, on any of the Thanks, plausible Bill. podcast shows so far. So I think we've been a new friend, Bill. Good to know you. Thanks. Sub the show. Follow us on Twitter. Plausible podcast on Twitter. Two L's, two Z's. Utah. Give me two. And of course, you sub notification. Hit the dingy bell. Let you know when we go live, which is every Monday. But we also do full shows where we talk about all fantasy baseball overall. My partner, Christopher Deary, and I. If he's got power again, Phil. Christopher Deary has not had power for five days now. Five days in the United States of America. What is happening, bro? <laughs> I don't know. I was a kid. It was a great time for me to leave because usually I would lose power if he lost. He lives in Ann Arbor. He doesn't live in like the sticks, man. It's not he lives like in Ann Arbor. It's not like he lives in Flint or something. <laughs> right. I know. Good God. I mean, what a disaster. Where these oh. things are expected. Oh, this oh, is Billy from Oh, this is Billy B from Canada on Twitter. I know Bill. Hey Bill. Oh shit. My bad. I didn't know I didn't know your last name, Bill. I know Billy though. Billy's a good dude. Bill, good to see you, my friend. All right. I love Canada too. Yeah, great place. I agree. All right, we're out of here. Me, Phil, Phil of Sports, MJ Govia, GOV's Victor IR on Twitter, Plaza Podcast 2 L's 2 Z's. Utah. We'll catch you guys Give me two. next time. Bye-bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.